be here tonight for the first time, second time, and you didn't get uh, a notebook to organize for your prayer life, we'd like to give you one. And so, Keith, if you'll take some notebooks, and uh, Rick, I know you know <laughs> Audie, <laughs> Rick's only working one hand right now, he's a part-time helper. Uh, Everybody that gets a notebook, if you haven't gotten one, give them one of those. That's the uh, piece of paper that shows you how to categorize your prayer request. Uh, And we've been talking to you about the right way to pray is to what? Write it all down. Uh, I know, I I hope you want to learn, and, and prayer is a learned discipline. You know, it's not something you wake up tomorrow and says, okay, I can really do this. Uh, The disciples asked the Lord, Lord, teach us to what? And so our first prayer needs to be that. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach me to pray. And write that down so you don't miss it. Pray it every day. Lord, teach me to pray. And I guarantee you, if you mean that prayer, God will answer that prayer. Because that's pleasing to him. Uh, Prayer is just not you asking for things. It's you. You need more? You got enough? Okay. Uh, Prayer is you fellowshipping with the Lord. You coming together to worship the Lord. Uh, Let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. And if you didn't bring yours, of course, uh, right there in the rack in front of you there is a Bible and I remember Sunday I said to you Ephesians is on page number 787 I think so uh, that'll get you close enough to where we are uh, Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the um, the warfare of a Christian and I know that you've experienced this the warfare last week right uh, boy, I'll tell you, bullets are flying everywhere, aren't they? Uh, some of us get knocked down, we get knocked out, but we get what? Back up, don't we? And uh, Ephesians chapter 6 tells the whole story of uh, the armor of God. We wrestle uh, against these invisible forces, uh, put on the armor of God so that you can stand against them. And after all of this instruction that Paul gives the Ephesian church, He says, listen, I want you to do this as the final thing here. Verse 18, praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the spirit. After you uh, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the Bible, the word of God, Uh, After you arm yourself with salvation, after you arm yourself with the word of God, I want you to be in prayer. I want you to pray. Uh, Let's uh, let's read it. Right off, it helps us to read it together, okay? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching hereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. This is really good, and, and Paul says here, listen, we've got to pray for each other. You know, it's one thing to pray for people that need the Lord, and that's really important, isn't it? Because we heard all about that Sunday. People said, listen, don't forget to pray. Keep praying. 
uh, that's imperative, but we need to pray for each other because we're in the battle. We're on the, we're on the front line. And uh, it's so easy for you to get shot right off the front line or me to get shot down. And so we have to pray that uh, the same prayer, I think, that Jesus prayed for Peter. Peter. Jesus prayed that Peter's faith would not fail. That was the prayer he paid, prayed for Peter. When Satan came against Peter uh, and wanted him back, Jesus said, listen, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And so that's what you should be praying for me. Pastor John's faith does not fail. It may falter, but not fail. And that's what I should be praying for you, uh, Keith, that your faith would not fail. Uh, Audie, that your faith would not fail. And the only way that we can do this for each other is we need to write names. Now, we can't pray for everybody in the church, can we? I mean, you can't. there's too many of us, right? That's why we're trying to organize our church with prayer shepherds. That's the whole reasoning behind this thing. Some of you get a call from somebody in the church and they say, I'm your prayer shepherd. And you say, you're who? You're what? Yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to call you. Pastor said to. <laughs> he's, he's checking up on me. I'm supposed to call you and see if there's anything that I can pray with you about. And it catches you off guard and you say, there's not a thing in the world you can pray for me about. And you say, well, I'll call you back next month and we'll see if you have something then. There's too many people in our church for you to pray for all the people, so you just have to take a portion of it, uh, a slice of it. Um, I think the MOPS people, their, their groups are organized into groups, and they, they're praying for their group. Uh, and so we, we, we want to do the church like that as well. Now hold your place here, okay? And let's go all the way back to the book of Numbers in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Okay, Numbers 33. Thirty-three, verse number two. Boy, this is interesting. Well, we'll begin in verse number one. Uh, these are the journeyings, the journeys of the children of Israel who went out of the land of Egypt by their armies, under the hand of Moses and Aaron. You know, it's always impressed me in the Bible that uh, that the word armies is used for the children of Israel. They were they were just a group of ragtag. Uh, beat up, abused people. But God says they are my army. And so uh, when we feel like we're just a bunch of beat up, ragtag people, the Lord says, listen, you're more than that. You're my army. You're one of my army members. Uh, who went out of the land by their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. And Moses, now this is the verse I want you to notice. Now Moses wrote down the starting points of their journeys at the command of the Lord. God said to Moses, I want, to, I want you to write this down. I want you to keep this for a record. And these are their journeys according to their starting points. Now Moses kept written records of their progress. And that's, we pick them up and we read them today. And so that's what I'm asking you to do. Have written records of your spiritual progress. And that's what 
this book is all about. Uh, this, uh, how about the testimony of uh, Sarah Daly Sunday? Wasn't that extraordinary? How many books did she say she filled up? Said, how many? Twelve? Since she's been praying for, what, about ten years, I think she said. And so she has a written record of her spiritual journey. And she can go right back in there and say, hey, boy, look at what God has done here. Uh, look at this. Uh, and th- so that's what I'm asking you to do. Have a written record of your spiritual journey. Uh, boy, I just had so much fun. And, you know, when I, every now and then I, I, I go away, as you know, and I come back and tell you I've been in Idaho, I've been in Virginia. Uh, when I do that, I can't do my routine. You know, it's hard to wake up in a motel. And actually, some of you people have done it. When you're in a motel, you wake up real quick and you say, where am I? Have you done that? I have done it. I said, where am I? What state am I in? <laughs> the state of confusion, right? Uh, and so I, I don't do my routine. But when I get back home, boy, I just get right into it. Man, I just, I just go right back into the groove. That's called a habit. You know, a habit is a groove in your life. You just make that groove. You feel comfortable there. And, you know, you know, I can go out and serve the Lord all day long without keeping my appointment with God in the morning, but it is a whole lot harder. It's a whole lot harder. When I keep my appointment with the Lord in the morning and I feel like, boy, I've done my thing, I've met with God, I've uh, written down my, my praises to God, man, that just gets me started on the right foot. It's like, yeah. When I've written down my praises to the Lord, I can almost face anything. And so don't feel like, you know, if you miss some time, you get sick or things, you know, you have to get up early and go do something. It messes your plan up. Don't, don't let it mess you up. Just fall back in the groove again when you can and just keep marching. Uh, now, write this rec- record down. Let's go back to Ephesians 6, chapter 18, or Verse 18. Uh, Paul says here, you've got to have the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. I've said this to you before. I know of no growing believer who is not a person of the Word of God. You just, if you don't have the Word of God, like in your heart, in your mind, in your life, you will wither up. What you get in this church is not enough to keep you going spiritually. Uh, It's enough to convict you, but uh, it's not enough to keep you going spiritually. Uh, You can come to this church and you can walk out and you can say, well, that was a great thing. I never knew that before. I'm really challenged. And you can fall flat on your face if you are not personally uh, assimilating. I like that word, assimilating the Word of God, not just reading it, not just turning pages to chalk off on your Bible reading record, but actually taking it in and learning to apply it in your life. Then, he says, listen, you've got to have the Word of God, and then I want you to be praying always. And that doesn't mean every minute of the day. That just means when you can. Praying always with all... And, it, and write the word kinds in there. All kinds of prayer. This is why people get so discouraged in prayer, because they only have one kind of prayer they pray. And what kind is it? Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. Right? 
That's just one kind of prayer. And so many times it's God's will not to give us what we ask for. And James talks all about that in the New Testament. He says, he says you don't have what you ask because you ask for the wrong purpose or the wrong motive in mind. You ask for your will and not my will. And so, and, so all, and, and so what I'm saying is we have to learn how to pray all kinds of prayer, and we emphasize the four different kinds. Adoration, that's worship, confession, thanksgiving, and then supplication. You know, that's, a, that's kind of a pretty good order to take it in. Acts, adoration. Well, I'll tell you, you'll never get bored with praising the Lord. Never. Uh, we have a young couple that came to our church a few years ago from a Presbyterian church. And, and you know, they have in their church the anthems. Some of you remember them. Anthems. It's like Martin Luther anthems. And she said, boy, I just love to come to your church because I feel like I'm singing to God. That's worship when you're talking to God. And so, uh, and so people love to sing songs that address God. Uh, they, they don't nearly love to sing songs that are addressed to each other. They like to do this kind of singing up and down. And, and uh, that's the kind of praying that you can learn to like the most, praise. And it hasn't been too many years that, that I have, like, fallen in love with that type of praying. First uh, Chronicles 23.30 says, The Levites were to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord. How would you like to have that job? You're a Levite. That's what you do. Okay, get up. Thank and praise the Lord. In the morning and night, report for work. Uh, and then Confession. You know, that too can be challenging to you once you learn how to do it. And then uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, see, all those things are soul-building. They all prepare you for the day. Because, you know, if you don't have, like, the little... If you don't have the confession time, what happens? You have the guilt time throughout the day. So confession, what happens is when we confess to the Lord, He takes the guilt off of us. That's what, that's what spiritual confession is all about guilt. And you know, if, you, if you're like me, boy, I'll tell you what, I'm guilted out about a lot of stuff. And that's not, that's not all that bad because God is trying to raise the spiritual standard in my life. See, he's trying to, he's trying to set a bar higher for me than I had last year. And as far as I can see in the Bible, God's goal for us is to make us more like Christ. And that means to purify our life more than it has already been purified. And so that means that, that the Spirit's conviction is sometimes pretty heavy on us, you know. He convicts us and he says not only, well, you shouldn't do that. He goes beyond that and he says you shouldn't think like that. Because that's where the real battle is, isn't it? It's in our mind. And so once you, once you get into this real thing of, and chart your journey of confession, 
That's another part of prayer. And I'll tell you, you can't grow bored with that. And then thanksgiving, isn't that edifying? Wow, to thank the Lord is incredible. And then, then it's time to supplicate, to ask for things you need, uh, for things you need from God. And so, and so Paul says here in Ephesians, I want you to pray all the time with all kinds of prayer. And then he says in supplication, and do it in the Spirit. And then I, I've memorized this verse, but I haven't memorized all of it. I just memorized part of it. For all the saints. That's the last part I memorized. For all the saints. And so we need to supplicate. That means pray for the people. Let's, let's just start here in our circle of influence. Now, how big is your circle of influence? Uh, it begins right there inside your door, right? Then it reaches out to your, your clan. Boy, Western Pennsylvania has really taken a lot of hits on television, isn't it? My goodness, these... My goodness, I never knew we were a bunch of rednecks. And, and I, 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 thought I, I thought we were, but now I really know it. Uh, all this stuff, man, we're getting knocked all over the place. Uh, your clan, I'll talk about your clan now. I can do that now. Uh, the people, the circle of your influence. Uh, write their names down and chart their journey. Chart their journey. For all the saints. Okay, that's the introduction. Remember we were talking about a week or so ago, what, what does prayer do? And we got all the way to number six. Number one, it magnetizes our life. Boy, I'll tell you what. And our church for the source of spiritual blessing. Number two, it empowers God's workers for continual spiritual combat. This, remember I said this is a long race. It's not going to be over. Somebody says, will it ever get easier? My answer is no, it'll never get easier. Uh, number three, it humbles us in the sight of God. And that's the good thing. Because, you know, the Bible says that Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. You know, I think Paul fit into that category pretty well as also, as we'll talk about on Sunday. Um, then, remember, we said it, was, it enables us to minister from the overflow of our life. You know, a lot of times we're so convicted that we need to do something, but we have no power to do it. If we, are, if we are, have fellowship with the Lord, we have the power. Uh, and it's not like a chore. It's an outward flow of an inner relationship with the Lord. It just happens spontaneously. And then I said, number five, it gives wings to the Word of God. Uh, it's amazing how you can take just a few little scriptures and when you're prayed up, so to speak, God will really use that. And then, number six, last but not least, it changes us. And, uh, and this, is what, this is what God is trying to do for all of us for the rest of our life. You know, conversion is about change. It's about not, it's just about initial, it's not just an initial change of your spiritual family from the family of Satan into the family of God, from darkness into light. That's a wonderful thing. But then we begin a whole long journey of lifelong change. And uh, prayer changes us. I've told you before about the guy that used to come to our church and he would always talk to people, pray for my daughter 
She needs to change. Pray for my daughter. She needs to change. Boy, my daughter really needs to change. And he came into church one day and he had a whole new countenance about him and he said, you know what, God has just shown me that it's not her, it's me. I need to change. He was a new man. He needed to change. It changes us. Now, it changes us because, I hope you'll take a note here, of our proximity to Christ. You know, a lot of times people think that, you know, prayer is like shooting bullets up to God. And if you have enough power, you, one of your bullets might make it. Whenever we pray, we, we enter into proximity with God. We are connected with God in the Spirit. Remember, remember John 4.23, the hour is come that, that people are to worship God in spirit and in truth. And so when we pray, it's just not asking for things. It's coming into the presence of Almighty God. And God changes some things. And these are the things that he changes in us. And we'll, let's, uh, let's start with 2 Corinthians 3.18. Okay? Let's start with that one. And I'm going to turn over there because that's one of the verses that I, that I really like. Second um, Corinthians three eighteen. Wow, time is flying. Oh well, let's go up to verse sixteen. Second uh, Corinthians three sixteen. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That means the blinders are taken off your eyes. The veil. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. For we all, all the people he's addressing, with unveiled face, the blinders have been lifted, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. You know, when you look in a mirror, you, you see yourself. Uh, he says, when you get up close and personal to God and you see the glory of the Lord, you are being, what's the word? Transformed. Is that the word up there? The same Beholding a glass, the glory of the Lord, are, are changed. It's the same thing. Transformed, changed, unto the same image or profile from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, changed into the same image, profile. And so what happens when you get close to God and you walk with Him and you spend time with Him, you change. And you start becoming more like him. You start taking on some of his character qualities. And that's, that's a good thing. And the Bible says here you do it gradually from glory to glory, from one step to the next step. You don't, you don't like just immediately become like the Lord. You gradually become like the Lord. And when you walk in his presence he teaches you and you assimilate that just by being in his presence. He changes, he actually changes your character. And boy, that's a big one because many people come to church every week and they say, you know, my character is so flawed. 
there are so many problems deep in my heart, so many character flaws that I have that I'll never overcome them. Well, in, in ourself, we cannot overcome them, but if we walk with the Lord, the Bible says this is an automatic process right here. Beholding as in a, a mirror the glory of the Lord, if you get up that close and personal with God, you are changed. The Greek word is metamorpho, which means change from the inside out into the same profile. You start taking on Christ's characteristics. And it's automatic. When you walk with him, you know, his disciples walk with him, they started to act like him. They started to be changed into his um, likeness. Okay. We're going to stop right there. And uh, we're going to think about that a while. And then I'm going to mark... I'm going to mark... I'm going to mark my notes, and we'll pick up there next. Now, next week we have the uh, event outside. Okay. Keith Pastor.